This Motley Fool podcast is brought to you by Cricket. Cricket makes perfect, classic, and easygoing polo shirts. For 20% off your first purchase, go to cricketshirts.com forward slash fool and use the promo code fool. That's C-R-I-Q-U-E-T shirts.com slash fool. Promo code fool. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today is Thursday, October 27th, 2016, so we're talking about energy, materials, and industrials. I am Sean O'Reilly, and I'm joined in studio by the incomparable, the insightful, the Motley Fool's very own, Mr. Taylor Markerman. How's it going, Taylor? Introductions just keep getting better, my friend. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I was I, I, I reflected on what I wasn't, you know... Given my all, and I was like, yeah, "Oh man, I'm gonna appreciate that. I'm gonna build up Markerman. I'm You're pretty gonna... swell too. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm I'm blushing. I can see that. Um, and so can our our audience. Thanks to our, our yeah. camera crew. We uh, it was a struggle, but we got video. Yeah, yay. Um, so today we are talking about oil service companies demanding more money for the first time in two years, mm-hmm. and green energy continuing to surpass installation expectations on a global basis. But this is first. True. We've got to uh, just check in on how OPEC's doing over there with their uh, their supposed cut negotiations. Yeah, they said they're going to cut about four percent. Um, that's what they told Russia, trying to get them on board. But then Iraq is like, well, you know, we don't really feel like we should comply. So yeah, and they said we got a civil war going on, which has kind of been the story yeah. for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think about that? They're because they're basically saying no, we really need this money to fight these people. Yeah, that's yeah. They're fighting ISIS. Um, they have that war going on, and uh, they compare themselves to was Iran and Nigeria. Um, they are granted, um, I guess, amnesty from these cuts because civil war and uh, sanctions have kind of yeah. been impacting their ability to produce oil for the last several years, at least. Um, so Iraq is trying to put itself in that same boat and say, you know. We've been dealing with this. We need the funding from oil, and uh, we're finally really ramping up again. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to cut. But they said they will go to the meeting and that they will address this cordially. Um, but kind of a, an opening shot across the bow before the meeting even begins. I wonder if this is going to be. I'm interested to see what happens, and then we're going to move on. But yeah, yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting because it's going to be how badly does Saudi Arabia want to do this cut? Because they're obviously going to have to pick up a lot of the slack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I they're, they're the wonder, biggest producer, so I do wonder if they could pull Iraq to the side and be like, "Hey, we'll write you a fifty billion dollar check if you cut." <laughs> I mean, it, it would definitely help support oil markets, right? Uh, if if they did cut, I would imagine that if they if they don't agree to this after suggesting it earlier this month and that, teasing uh, all of us for yeah, months, <laughs> that oil that oil markets um, probably have the idea of the cut baked in, so that if they don't cut, then prices could could fall out again. It, it will not be pretty. Well, you would imagine it wouldn't be. Can't make any promises, but you would right. imagine that if OPEC backs out of another agreement, that uh, people will just stop taking them seriously altogether. Um, speaking of uh, seriousness, uh, I take this gentleman very seriously. Um, battle brewing in the oil services sector. Yep, um, yep. As we've mentioned, oil may or may not be on the cusp of a modest rebound, and after two years of taking a shellacking, 
Paul Kibsgar, the CEO of, CEO of Schlumberger, told investors on Friday that going forward, his firm will only engage, only being the operative word there, yeah. in uh, work that is profitable. Um, they just reported an 82% drop in third quarter profits. Halliburton, what they made six million dollars. Yeah, but the first profit in uh, like seven quarters, or the first net revenue increase in seven quarters for Halliburton. So um, they're actually did a little bit better because they have more exposure to North America, where you've seen an uptick in activity versus internationally, where they don't really expect. At least Halliburton in particular doesn't really expect an international rebound until earlier next year. What? Um, so what was your first reaction when you heard this? My first reaction was, yeah, I mean, it, it had to happen sometime. Uh, they gave tremendous pricing concessions to to customers. Um, Halliburton even went so far as to opening up a new business arm to help finance uh, some some of their customers' activity. Uh, so they're loaning money so that the company can pay it right back to them for the services with Jeez. interest. Um, and then Schlumberger was also granting concessions in terms of um, payment uh, due dates, so they're going to start um, clamping down on that again. And Halliburton said, you know, we're, we're going to start focusing much more on, on uh, returns and asset utilization than margins and revenue growth, um, which comes as a little bit of a surprise because you traditionally think, oh, Public companies' revenue growth margins is all the rage, um, but they're going to focus more on returns, like you mentioned, taking projects that are profitable, um, and then trying to negotiate prices somewhat closer to what they were um, before November of 2014. Um, but Slumberjay CEO did sit, quote unquote confirming we have reached the bottom of the cycle. Do you believe him? I don't know how long the bottom is going to be here, but it oh, seems <laughs> it seems like yeah, potentially that could be the case because you did see an uptick in rig activity in the U.S. Um, granted, Halliburton says that that uh, seems to be um, smaller companies with less capital-intensive projects bringing these rigs on, so you're not seeing um, people start to drill humongous laterals and multi-stage fracking again. Uh, but you are seeing activity come back. Um, Rig count's been ticking rig up count a is bit up. And, yeah, I think it was up double digits this last week or month, um, and it, that's been consecutive weeks uh, for the last couple months where you've seen rigs added. But if they're not being added to to um, very capital intensive projects, then it's not the profitability that Halliburton and Slumberjay are looking for. Halliburton saying that they have the strongest North American market share that they've ever had. They believe as a company, um, also growing their. Well, if your competition's going bankrupt, you know. <laughs> yeah, this is true. So hey, but hey, that's what happens when you're the Last biggest dog standing. in the market, right? Yeah. yeah so what? Um, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but no, that's uh, fine. How I'm super interested to see what um, Robert Workman. CEO of uh, Distribution Now says yeah. when they report on November second, because they do they 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 distribute all the parts for these rigs. They have like three hundred thousand individual little nuts and bolts and yep. tools and all that stuff. Trying and, to standardize everything. Um, when uh, Tyler Crow and I went down to Houston um, a little over a year ago now, and we sat down with him and a couple other uh, oil CEOs, yep. um, Workman told me he's like, when the rebound happens, we will be the first to know. Because when you've got a rig that's been sitting idle for a year or two yeah. and it's rusting, I mean, things happen to these you know rigs of the age. It's I like your body. Wait. If you don't use it, you lose it. If they if they stack these rigs, then yeah, they're yeah. they're gonna 
have a much shorter shelf life. You, which is kind of surprising. You think, oh, you know, you let something idle, it would kick right back up and have the same lifespan. But no, that's not nope. the case. And they're stripping them off and then using those parts to to right. replace parts on rigs in circulation. So yeah, they're they're running the inventory dangerously low. Yeah, I uh, November second will be very interesting. I so. agree. Yeah, it's a different different perspective. Um, it's one step closer to, um, I guess the bottom of the vertical, right? Because, yeah, the parts are first, and then yeah. the machines and activity are second. Um, and then, eventually, new orders. Yeah. Um, really quick before we move on, sure. if you're an investor in Slumbers A or Halliburton, yep. how should you be taking this? This is good, right? Like They're they're demanding more money. Yeah, they're demanding more money. Both of them see that the cycle is either bottomed or, or very near the bottom, um, at least inter- uh, internationally near the bottom, North American-specific, Halliburton says it's in. We're 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 already seeing an increase. So um, yeah, I, I think you feel good about it being invested in this in these companies. I'm a Halliburton shareholder. I feel good. Wish I added more um, in the last year or so, but I didn't. Um, but that's still top of mind. Waiting for maybe OPEC doesn't agree to a cut and we get another opportunity, um, which I plan not to miss if that's the case. Um, so I I think you got to feel good about being a shareholder of these companies and um, just generally looking at the energy market. Um, I'm positive on it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we move on to discussing the rapid increase in green energy installations, I wanted to give a shout out to our friends at CricketShirts.com. Cricket makes comfortable, sharp-looking polo shirts that perfectly mix old-school style and modern design. Cricket shirts are made with super soft, 100% certified organic cotton, making their shirts as comfortable at the 19th hole as they are on the 18th. The fit is not too baggy and not too skinny. Cricket shirts come with removable collar stays to help keep your collar looking crisp and new, which means no more bacon collar, uh, which of course means an end to wrinkled, rippled, or limp collars. The bane of every man's existence. Bacon collars. That's new. They're uh, combining a... You knew exactly what it is, though. Well, yeah, and, and then they're just using bacon because, you know, everyone loves bacon these days. Everybody. It's all the rage. Memes galore. Um, and they also offer free no-hassle returns and exchanges. Uh, as it happens, I'm wearing one right now, and I can personally attest that the fabric feels great, and the shirt itself has found a special place of honor in my closet. As a special Irish green. Uh, I that Ir- picked the color, too. <laughs> um, and as a special offer to our listeners, you can get 20% off your first purchase by going to cricketshirts.com forward slash fool and using the promo code fool. That's C-R-I-Q-U-E-T shirts.com slash fool, promo code fool. Thanks again to Cricket Shirts for supporting our show. Out in the studio, we've got Mark Reith wearing his Cricket shirt Looking as well. good. He's Different got the black color. One. I don't think black it's navy shirt? or black. Thumbs up. Navy, black. Navy, yeah. Thumbs who, up for who, Navy. Who wore it better? Uh, it's tough to tell. He's behind the glass, so there's some reflection, but it, it's glare. a tough competition. <laughs> we love you, Mark. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Mockerman, next we've got, yeah. uh, according to the Energy Information Agency, renewable energy reached uh, an important turning point last year with record new installations for emissions-free power. Yep, yep, yep. Um, the, the phrase that immediately entered my mind was escape velocity. It seems to have just kind of hit it, what it needs to hit to keep this trend going. What did it say? 55% of newly installed capacity last year was from green power globally? Yeah, I think that's pretty much signals that it's so, it's, it's of age. We're, we're, we're more going than to Mars. Half. Yeah, and uh, total installed capacity exceeded coal for the first time ever. So that wasn't additions. That's just globally right. 
power being produced green, power being produced by coal, green wind. So uh, I couldn't also help but notice they had a lovely chart in the EIE's release. Yep, if yep. you uh, would like us to send you this uh, uh, link, or you can just Google it. Uh, we can tweet it out. We oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, we've got we'll industry use, focus and is, TMF Energy. What is it? Social media? Something like that. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. Uh, good, good, good idea. Mr. Yeah, Taylor. why not? Um, but uh, they had that chart, and it was uh, U.S. needs to play catch up. We're we're trailing installations in uh, countries like China and stuff. China, quote unquote, the undisputed global leader, according to Bloomberg, um, who who published an article about this exact topic, um, expected to account for forty percent of growth going forward. Wow. I mean, it's a big country, right? It is, but it's not forty percent of the global population. Ergo, yeah, but that's a big chunk. They're spending a lot of money over there. What um, did, did do you happen to catch which uh, what types of power they're installing? Um, I'm not 100. percent I know sure. they're I big know into they, hydro. They have big hydro pro, uh, production in the in the south um, along the borders of India and other countries down there. And uh, I would imagine there's some some solar to be had. Uh, what's the big desert in China? Is it not the Gobi, but Mon- Mongolian? Uh, I don't know. We but, were we are not geogra- uh, geography. No, at least not champs. over there. I can tell you. Where the Sahara is. Oh, God. Really? And, and the Atacama Desert. <sighs> Dude. And, uh, yeah. We need to stop. Just stop. <laughs> uh, for all geolog- uh, geography teachers listening, we are sorry. Um, China, U.S., and India seen leading the growth. Um, really quick, you're an investor. What are you thinking right now? Well, I'm thinking that um, there still aren't a whole heck of a lot of opportunities to invest in solar, uh, hydro, I manufacturers mean, are going bankrupt left and right. <laughs> yeah, it's still it's still very early stage in terms of I think who the winners of this long term trend are going to be. Um, solar City is about to be off the market supposedly, um, but then you've got companies like Ormat Technologies, which is geothermal, which is green, um, and that's a company I follow for quite some time. Done very well, global geothermal installer and utility operator. Um, Outside of that, you mentioned yeah, it's solar panel producers. That's just a I mean, race to the bottom. Power, in terms of, yeah, yeah. But even then, you know, there's some struggles going on for sure. Yeah, um, they do have you know, uh, Total of course has a large stake, yeah. so that's good. They've got some good financial backing. They probably access to cheap capital, even if rates decide to rise um, because of that um, backing by Total. But just to list a few, yeah, Sun Power, First Solar, um, Canadian Solar is a is a panel manufacturer. Um, clean energy fuels, if you want to, but that's more natural gas fueling, so not necessarily green energy, but cleaner energy. Mm-hmm. So there's so, options out there. So bottom line, it does seem like uh, this is super interesting, obviously impactful for mankind, but investors should kind of watch, keep an eye on it for sure. But it took it took this long for it to account for 55 percent of total New installations. installations. In a year. Yeah, um, so there's still a lot of legs left here. Um, so, uh, Taylor, before we head out, any uh, cool stock picks, thoughts, any, anything interesting going on? You know, we covered a lot today. We did. And because of that, I don't have a stock. Slumberjay? Yeah, kind fine. Slumberjay, cool. yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Shamelessly plug your portfolio. They, no, cool. no, no, I don't own Slumberjay. But, um, oh, that's right. You it is interesting, yeah. though. One note that I found very interesting was um, their revenue declined 2% in the quarter year over year. And they blamed it on Cameron, their big money acquisition from six months ago, st- stating the declining backlog. So uh, I instantly started to scratch my head. That sounds like an excuse. 
well, that's a pretty terrible excuse if you just spent several billion dollars on this company and their backlogs declining six months into the deal. But they are make they are saving money through synergy. So there's that. If they say so. Yeah. But they did they did have some positive things to say about projects that Cameron's working on with their one subsea. But if you listen to these companies, Deepwater is still in a, a whole heck of a lot of trouble, um, and that's a primary focus for Cameron. So it's because of the movie. Yeah, blame it solely on what was the name of it? Deepwater. Deepwater Horizon. Horizon. It was okay. It was named after the yeah, movie. Okay. inspirational. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, thanks for your thoughts. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. Have a good one. You too. And that is it for us, folks. If you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Once again, that's industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people on this program may have interests in the stocks that they talk about. And The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For Taylor Muckerman, I am Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening and fool on. Fool on.